this week on the Bishop Jack Vaughn Audio Channel. You're not an accident. I don't care if your mom and daddy were not married when you were conceived. You're not an accident. I don't care if you don't know who your daddy is. You're not an accident. playing yesterday and trying to sort through uh, some notes in my head as I was uh, making notes and wanted to make sure that I got the signals clear for today. And this morning as I was coming along and listening to the song selection today in the worship and praise service, uh, I knew then that the signals were, were clear. So let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1, if you will. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. And all this month, we have been talking about designed by God with a purpose. We started with the men and then with the teens and now today with the, the uh, now today with you. And next Sunday will be with the women of the house, amen, as well as an impartation for the men. So let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4 through 10. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. And the church said, Amen. Tell your neighbor, you've been designed by God with a purpose. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We have established from the beginning that God has made an investment in humanity of God-like glory and moral capacity to reign and rule the earth as he has called us to represent him. We are his representatives. You and I, as human beings, have elevated worth. Help me say elevated worth. Elevated. One more time, elevated worth. elevated. Regardless of what you bring to society, regardless of whether or not what we bring to the table is helpful at all. And how many know that it's kind of hard to come to the table without a lot of baggage? particularly in the world that we live in. And yet, at the same time, every man carries within himself, every woman, every boy, every girl, within himself, the God-like deposit made in the image of God. I want you to get this this morning. This is life-changing. 
Therefore, male and female made in his image, we are distinct. We are equal in value and importance and worth and should be seen, each of us, as such. Where you do not understand that people are made in the image of God, there will be all sorts of temptations to consume and use and abuse and belittle and rob them of their dignity. God values you more than you know. God values you more than you know. I'm going to say that one more time. God values you more than you know. Your existence on this earth is very significant to God. And one thing I found out, even when you're talking to adults, if no one has ever poured into your life in a positive way to let you know that you're significant, that you're worth something, sometimes in adult years it's kind of hard to comprehend that if all you've heard is negativity all your life. But you're significant to God. And I've come to tell you and remind you that you've been designed by God with a purpose. And when you understand that, you'll stop trying to be like somebody else. When you understand that, you'll stop trying to look like somebody else and talk like somebody else and walk like somebody else. You are unique. And in that purpose is something called your destiny that I want to talk about today. And your destiny is your preordained future. All of you in here today, all of us have a preordained future. There are some things on the mind of God that he's not let you in on yet. And in order to truly understand your destiny, it's going to be essential that you understand where you are on the prophetic landscape of history. Where you are on the prophetic landscape of history is going to be very significant that you understand that. To understand destiny. Your destiny, your preordained future, is not simply related to your own personal successes. You're bigger than a personal success. You're bigger than uh, some sheepskin in a frame on your wall. You're bigger than some plaque that they gave you on the job or some trophy that you won. Amen. You're bigger than that. But it is also interwoven, your destiny, your preordained future is interwoven with the purpose of time and place. Everybody say time and place. In which God has released you. He has released you to flow in history. You have been released to flow in history. Tell your neighbor, I've been released, and you've been released to flow in history. Tell them you're part of history. You're a history maker. It's important for you to realize that God could have had you born at any time in history. Because the seed that was you, you are a seed. You represent seed today. You that were a seed Prior to your conception, you've been in the world from the time of Adam. We all have come from Adam, the father of mankind. That breath that God breathed into Adam, we're all breathing off of that same breath. You don't record in scripture anywhere else after God blew into Adam's nostrils and Adam became a living soul that God had to blow into anybody else's nostrils. But God has had you passed. Along for generation upon generation until this particular time in human history. I want to help you understand who you really are in God. I want to help you understand that so that you'll leave from here with a different perception of yourself. And I don't care how anybody else feels about you. You'll understand that I am significant. You'll feel so good about yourself. You'll treat yourself today. 
God has had you pass along for generation upon generation until this time in human history. You're not an accident. I don't care if your mom and daddy were not married when you were conceived. You're not an accident. I don't care if you don't know who your daddy is. You're not an accident. Your very presence on planet Earth is connected to a divinely orchestrated purpose. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'm trying to contain myself. This is so powerful today. I began to prepare this and it became life-changing for me again. And I'm really speaking even out of a personal revelation today to you. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Write this down. The timing of my destiny. The timing of my destiny. Everybody say, the timing of my destiny. We've already stated God could have had you born at any time in history. But God has ordained for you to be born at a time when the greatest events of human history are about to unfold. God could have had you born in a time when you were illiterate and even unaware of what God's purposes for you were. But instead, he has ordained you to be born in a time when the outpouring of his spirit will exceed any other time in human history as it prepares us for his return. I was just told the other day that the Catholics now, Catholic Church has commissioned a special commission to do research and travel the world because they are losing so many from Catholicism to Pentecostalism. In many foreign countries, they are turning from Catholicism and wanting the Spirit of God, wanting to be filled with the Spirit, wanting to worship, wanting to praise. They're understanding now that it's about relationship. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In our world today, we have already seen the collapse of giant corporations who have built their successes based on fraud and have caused those who have labored for them to be left desolate and destroyed. We've seen the time that people have worked for companies and corporations and been abused and taken advantage of and not received their just. And yet we've seen a shift in the world economy as never before and everyone is sensing a shift, but no one in the world uh, economy feels like they can uh, accurately predict what's happening even with the money in the world. Everything seems to be unstable right now. In our own country, we're noticing another group of shifts that are taking place even in our society. These have been more subtle than even monetary shifts. They are significant nonetheless. And some of the very visible shifts have been dealing with races of people who have been customarily kept out of the economic and political system who are suddenly beginning to find high places of political office and are walking in unnatural prosperity. A hundred years ago in America, who would have guessed that a secretary of state would be a black man and the head of national security would be a black woman? A hundred years ago in America, who would have guessed that a black basketball player like Michael Jordan and a black talk show host like Oprah Winfrey would be worth nearly a billion dollars and more. Who would have guessed that? 
Who would have guessed churches which used to be small little gatherings of saints who have exploded into what was now being called mega churches and are having an impact on spreading the gospel in a way that has never been experienced since the early church? Who would have guessed 50 years ago in a storefront church on 618 Quindera when we had no idea what live stream was about, what technology was about, what apps on cell phones was about? We had the phones that were this big that had the receiver like you hang on the wall in your house that you plugged in your car. It looked like a briefcase when you were carrying. We wouldn't have guessed that we'd have something this small. Who would have guessed that, that we'd be all over the world and viewing our services from a church that started 50 years ago? All in a destiny, preordained future. I come to tell you, you can't give up now, you can't die now, you can't quit. So whatever frustrations you had this week, wake up. It's a new day. It's a new morning. Amen. God has something on his mind for you. You ought to clap your hands and give him praise today. Tell your neighbor, God has something on his mind for you. Who would have guessed a hundred years ago in America, who would have guessed that every denomination in the country would be impacted by what's been called the Pentecostal movement? Government, after decades of failed programs and humanistic ideas, is now looking to face-based initiatives to try and solve the woes of their society. A hundred years ago, who would have guessed that churches of all races and nationalities would be sought out by the government in order to gain understanding of how to meet the needs of the American people? A hundred years ago, who would have guessed that the focus of the country for guidance would be up on the people of God? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? There is a reversing going on. Help me say there's a reversing going on. What we see from these examples is that God is in the process of reversing the way things have been. Hear this in the spirit. People who have looked to one race for leadership, God is now reversing this so that every race will be looked to for leadership because he's raising up leaders in every ethnic group. He's raising up leaders, amen, in every society and every community. The shift first started in the church and it prepares the church for the celebration that he talks about in Revelation 7 and 9. And that celebration in heaven, in Revelation 7 and 9 says, After this I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. The church used to be looked down upon as a necessary evil or as a quaint little addition to the society, but today it is looked on as a threat and a powerful force in society. That's why the attacks are so severe against the church. That's why the attacks are so intense against you, because you are the church. As has been prophesied throughout the Bible, there is a reversal where the natural kingdom is coming down and the kingdom of God is being elevated. I want you to get that revelation. Your destiny is caught in the reversal. Glory to God. Your destiny is caught in the reversal. Help me say my destiny is caught in the reversal. Out of every time in history, 
God has chosen you to live in a time when he's about to do the most awesome performance in the life of his people that has ever been seen in human history. God will always provide you a visible demonstration in the natural so that you can understand what's already happening for you in the spiritual. So as you notice, the reversals in the natural kingdom, you must prepare yourself for the reversals in your own life. And I know that it looks like some things have been hanging around for a long time. It looks like some stuff you've been dealing with, it looks like it's never going to change. Situations are never going to turn around. It looks like it gets worse, it gets intense. I just stopped by to tell you today, you need to get ready for the reversals in your own life. I know. I know you said, I heard that last year. You heard it the year before. I know you heard everybody say, turn around, tell your neighbor it's about to turn around. I'm tired of hearing it's turning around, but I'm going to tell you, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to wear you down so that you're tired of hearing it so it won't get in your spirit. Because it needs to get in your spirit from your head into your heart. Because when it gets from your head to your heart and it gets rooted and grounded in there, you'll understand that God has an appointed time for everything. You can't look at your life as it is today and make assumptions on tomorrow. You can't look at how it looks today and determine what it's going to look like tomorrow. But isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do? Don't we look at this moment right now and determine how the rest of the day is going to turn out? And you have no clue what's on the mind of God for you today, even this evening, even tonight, even in the morning. No clue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The reversal that God is about to perform will take place suddenly and dramatically in your life. Suddenly and dramatically. I know you heard it before. He told me to tell you again to remind you suddenly and dramatically. But the problem God is having with much of the church today is that we don't understand our station and our destiny. Don't understand our station and our destiny and what happens. Therefore, we're not preparing ourselves for what's going to come upon us suddenly. I'm telling you, if you don't prepare yourself for what's going to come upon you suddenly, you're still trying to live the life that your mama and daddy lived. You're not preparing for the reversal that's about to happen in your own life, you're still living under the negative prophecy of your life by by some past relationship that you knew you didn't have any business in in the first place. Amen. You're living your life by some negative prophecy, by some teacher in school, some other adult that spoke over your life in your childhood, not preparing yourself for the reversal that's just about ready to overtake your life. I'm going somewhere today. You're still hanging on to relationships and mindsets of performance of things that have worked for you in years past, but will no longer work for you now. The reversal of God that's about to collide with your life. God didn't ordain you to live life, the life of someone else, or to live in a period of history in which you weren't even born. You weren't supposed to be back then. You were supposed to be now. God has ordained for you to live right now with an understanding of what time it is in your life. Just ask your neighbor, do you really know what time it is in your life? 
That's why God could care less about whether or not you've ever done what he's about to tell you to do before. That made God, I've never done this before. God said, I don't care. Whether you ever seen it before, whether your parents ever did it, whether you see it this way or not, I don't see it that way. God said, who cares? I don't. Because so you better see what I see. I've ordained for you to carry out a purpose that's unique to your time in history. That's unique to his time in history and his will. And that's for you to perform the destiny that has been ordained for you. And I'm going to tell you something. God's going to cut through your foolishness. He's going to cut through your foolishness. I want to give you some keys to understanding this. Understanding your destiny. This is good. Feel it in my spirit today. What we learn from this text in Jeremiah are a number of very valuable keys to understanding and walking into destiny. What is that destiny? Your preordained future that God has predestined for your life. In a brief summary, I'm going to give you three keys that could be set forth as follows. The first one, you've been designed to succeed. And I'm not afraid to talk about success or to mention that word because God talks about it. He says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. God told Jeremiah that before he was ever conceived in the womb of his mother, I already had an expectation and a plan for his life. Jeremiah reiterates that same thought once again in verse 11. And you say it all the time. It amazes me how spiritual we sound, but when it comes time to execute an application, we have issues with it. Oh, we talk about it and we say it with force, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give me an expected end. And you won't even work with him. You won't even cooperate with him. Your family, your personality, your color, your laugh, your smile, your hair, your nose, everything about you was not an accident but was actually created by the artistic hand of God to endue you with everything that would be necessary to succeed. Touch yourself again. Say, I got it in me. I got it in me. I got it in me. I come to tell you, you got it in you. You got everything in you to succeed in God's purpose and destiny for your life. You may not even be happy with the way God has made you. Some of you have been trying to change, almost kill yourself, trying to change yourself to look different than the way God has made you. But if you are not it usually indicates that you have failed to understand that you've been formed according to God's eternal purpose and destiny for your life. There are certain doors in this life that God has preordained for you to open. And God knew exactly how to fashion you so that you would be able to walk through them. There are certain obstacles in this life that God has preordained for you to overcome. And God knew exactly how to create you so that you would be able to overcome them. It's amazing to me. I, I hear people say, well, I believe I'm going to write a book. Well, what are you going to write about? What, what, what are you going to write about? I just believe God has given me a, a ministry of, of reaching out, a ministry of healing. Well, are you willing to walk through things so you'll understand what that ministry is about? I believe God has called me to heal broken women. Okay, you willing to be crushed, broken, and stripped? God's given me a men's ministry. Are you willing to deal with ego and insecurities and all that to know how to deal and minister to another brother? You know, I just see me and my husband have a, a ministry for help married couples. Well, that's because you're six days into the marriage. 
Yeah, you feel a whole lot of anointing six days in the marriage. In your eyes of beauty lies, drinking out of the same straw, but what happens when the honey's not on the moon? There are certain levels of achievement that God has preordained for you to succeed in, and God knew exactly how to create you so that you would succeed and demonstrate his glory. This is not about your comfort. It's not about your convenience. It's not about how you see it. It's about God creating you, designing you for his glory. Somebody shout for his glory. Second. God ordained you before you even knew what was going on. Before you even knew what was going on. You're just now catching up. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, he says, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Even while Jeremiah was still trying to figure out what was God was doing in his life. God was revealing to him that he had already equipped him to fulfill the destiny of a prophet unto the nations. Just because you haven't completely figured out everything that God is doing with your life does not mean that God hasn't already designed an individual individual purpose and destiny for your life to touch and impact the world. I want you to see yourself bigger than, than just you and your four and no more, bigger than just your circle of friends, bigger than just your little group that you have on your cell phone that you communicate with and send group texts with. You're much bigger than that. You've been ordained to touch the world. You've been ordained that wherever you go to leave some of God. Most people would balk at thinking that their life would have world impact or implication. Most people would balk with that. If I told you that you've been ordained to touch the world, there's some people already shutting down right now. I don't think so because all you know is back home church and church to work, work to the store. You got a routine. And your whole life centers around that routine. Okay? You got one store you go to. You got one way you go home. But, but can you not be so pliable in the hands of God? That you hear the Holy Spirit say today, don't go to that store. I want you to go over here to this one. Because in your going over there, it's not about what you're going to get. It's about what you're going to give to somebody that you're going to see. And sometimes we say, I don't know why I came over here. I don't know why I came. But, but, but there's a lot of things that God's not going to tell you why. He just wants you to be obedient and leave the outcomes to him. Then you run into somebody that you went to school with that you hadn't seen for years and you go, oh my God, I was just thinking about you, Duck, Put it together. You were just thinking about them. God knew you were just thinking about them. So God fixed it and ordained it so you could meet them for his glory. Hallelujah. First purpose. Hallelujah. Don't you know that God wants to be involved in every minute thing in your life? Everything in your life, God says, count me in. But that simply reveals that when we don't understand that we have world impact or world implications, that we have very little understanding of what God has planned for the life of his children. If you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and, and this should bless your life again, but as it is written, I have not seen. Wow, wow. Wow, man, it's amazing when scripture comes alive in your own life. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered 
into the heart of man the things which God have prepared for them that love him. If you had a billion dollars and unlimited education, you wouldn't keep your child poor. You wouldn't keep your child stupid and clueless about your ambitions for them. You set up trust funds. You let them know that I'm preparing for your future. I want you to go to school, get an education. You know, you, you, you lay it all out to them. That's a natural parent. How dare you think that our God, who has unlimited resources, unlimited insight into our lives, would keep us groveling around in the dark, just barely getting by, and never having any impact on our world. When we think like that, we have actually set ourselves on a higher plane than God because we actually are believing that we would be better parents than God. You can't even compete with God. The third thing, participation breeds true appreciation. Everybody say, my participation breeds true appreciation. Then what does he say to Jeremiah the prophet? Go to all that I shall send thee. Now, keep in mind here, though Jeremiah had been formed by God to accomplish his destiny, and though Jeremiah had been ordained for world impact, God insisted upon Jeremiah's participation with him to accomplish this destiny. And this is where the rubber meets the road right here. Because most of us just want God to just drop our destiny in our laps. But God is requiring that you get up and go and possess what he has predestined for us to receive. A child who is given everything and who never has to work for anything is what we often call a spoiled brat. Come on. God refuses to have any spoiled brats in the kingdom of God. So when you have participated in the process of obtaining something, there comes an appreciation that cannot be obtained anywhere else. The testimony that the world will see through your life is that you are, first of all, participating with God and his eternal destiny for your life. Can I help you on that? Now, there's nobody perfect in this room. A lot of us, we have imperfections. I have them, you have them. But don't you know that when you were singing earlier that he covers my sins? And we say that love covers a multitude of faults. God doesn't show your imperfections to the world. He doesn't show and expose your faults to the world. He could do that. He doesn't expose your nakedness to the world. Now, it's different if you're doing it. Hello, now, now you know, you're doing it. That's a different thing. But God says, that's not what I want them to see about you. And that's what he was saying in his word when he was saying that he has put a treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power is of God and not of us. He said earthen vessels. And if you look at the translation of that, it says clay vessels. And I've said to you before that at my house, I, I have clay pots. The springs come in and, and I used to have a lot of the clay pots. But what I found out with the clay pots as time goes, that clay gets brittle. And if it is not really taken care of, it can get cracked very easily. And I had some that, that I had on display, wonderful flowers, but what I did, I turned the crack to the wall. 
People were coming up admiring the flowers and said, oh, the flowers are most beautiful. Amen. They weren't talking about the pots. They were talking about the flowers. But I knew that the pots had cracks in it. But I didn't expose the cracks to the public. God says that when the world, glory to God, excuse me. God says that when the world sees you, I want them to see me doing a good work in you, not seeing your faults and your failures, not seeing your flaws, not seeing the cracks. And you ought to praise God, so don't get beside yourself, because you got some cracks. Tell your neighbor, you got some cracks. So don't get beside yourself and, and think that it's all about you and all about what God has given you. No, no, it's about him. He says, I want them to see you participating with me and that you are achieving things that no one would have believed possible in your life. Can I say something to y'all? You're going to be surprised who wants to be your friend before it's all over with. Because what God's about to achieve in you, the others are going to be just in awe about you. What? Once God can get you to understand that you've been formed by him for a specific purpose and that God has ordained you for such a time as this. Now, I'm, I'm taking this message personally. So if you see me smiling while I'm preaching, that's because the Holy Ghost is just down on me. He's just ministering to me. And once you understand that you cannot sit on the sidelines of your life, but you must get up and get involved in what God is doing. Just nudge your person on both sides. Say, get up, get involved in what he's doing. Participate with God in your destiny. Learn to work with God and not against him. Learn to work with God and not against him. Learn to work with God and not against him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I just came through statistics class. And uh, in the class, I mean, the test final was very, very difficult. And, um, you know, I'm the oldest one in the class. And... The younger ones were finishing an hour before. I told them, go on. Go on. Because if the cutoff is 10 o'clock, I'm staying to 11, what, 9.59. That's the last one to leave. One guy just, he just looked at and said, I can't do it. He just got him walked out. But I said, I'm going to stick this thing out to the end. Because I'm going to get some help from the sanctuary. My grade hasn't been downloaded, but I'm waiting. I've been checking every hour. <laughs> See what the grade is on that test. But you know what? Uh, the fact that it might have been difficult, I had to work with the professor and the assignments in order to be able to get a grade. And so many times we want to do what the guy did in the class, just throw up our hands and say, I can't do that. But we want the same reward that somebody else is getting by participating. So if you don't learn to participate with God in things that you don't understand, if you don't learn to say where he leads me, I'm going to follow. Whether I understand or not, I'm going to go with him all the way. Now, now life has a way of taking a turn. We make mistakes in life. We make detours in life. We get stuck at the river. Amen. Praise God. We don't move on to the promised land. We die in our wilderness. But God has a way of coming back, rescuing us, 
when we're almost out, when we're almost gone, giving us chance after chance after chance. So as we work with God, God can reveal to you how history is ticking only seconds away from igniting your destiny. Let me give you this point. Biblical prophecy is important in understanding your destiny. Though the world has been shocked by the deceit and the manipulation we've seen down through the years of corporate executives who have been lining their own pockets with gold while they sold out to destruction the people who work for them. The Bible prophesied of this day, hear me on this, saints, thousands of years ago, that everyone understands that the fifth chapter of James and the second chapter of Joel have been looked upon with prophetic importance throughout the history of the church. The correlation of the two prophecies has often been overlooked. Look at what Joel's prophecy says to us. Joel prophesies in Joel chapter 2, verse 23 and 24, and he states that the purpose of the two reigns coming in rapid succession, that means the same month. Help me say the same month. Normally, it would come in spring and normally one in fall. But Joel said it's going to come in the same month and it's going to create sudden and abundant wealth. How many know when you get two rains like that in the same month, it's a flood? And then James, Joel prophesies that. Then James states that the husband man, Jesus, must wait for the early and latter rain prior to his return. That's James 5 and 7. Joel comes back and Joel talks to us and Joel reveals that the real purpose of the sudden release, and that sudden release, write it down, don't be scared, sudden wealth. Your hand might be shaking while you're writing it. Just write sudden wealth, sudden wealth. Because see, see, somebody is getting this. Somebody's trying to figure it out. Somebody's trying to say, is this another prosperity teaching? Amen, you better work with me and you better work with God on this. Amen. Joel says the real purpose of the sudden wealth is to restore prosperity to God's people. Hallelujah. To eternally remove, to eternally remove any stigma of shame that may have come upon them. That's in Joel chapter 2, verse 25, verse 26. And then James comes along, chapter 5 again of James, and James reveals that the world will believe that the wealth is for them and will by fraud misuse it. And their employees misuse them in order to stack it up for themselves. So don't even think about trying to burn down the place that abuse you. Think, Lord, that the Lord would let me I'd go back and get them because I know I deserve more. Just learn that he's going to fight the battles for you. Every time you drive past that place that did you wrong, you want to just don't go that way no more. God will cause a reversal and use the wealth against them. The conclusion of the two prophecies in Joel and James is that there will be a rapid release. Hear me on this. This is not cliche. This is not something to get you hyped. This is for real. There will be a rapid release of money into the world. 
This has happened more rapidly than ever over the last three decades because the average income in America in 1977 was $15,000. While the average income in America by the time we hit 2000 was $53,000 by the U.S. Census. That's a drastic change. The book of James states that the sudden release of money into the world what happened immediately prior to Christ's return as the husband man waits for the outpouring before his return. The world will fraudulently misuse the money. We saw that years ago with Enron and Tyco and WorldCom. But God will cause the money. That's why you got to understand when we're teaching you on tithing, teaching you on giving offering, teaching you on seed sowing, that we're trying to train you and discipline you so that you can be trusted. Yes. Hallelujah. God will cause money to turn against them what they have fraudulently stored up for themselves for the last days, God will not take it from them, and God will take it from them, rather, and transfer it unto his bride. So you better, where do you think your overflow is coming from? Where do you think the overwhelming avalanche blessings are coming from? The sudden release. Everybody say sudden release. Enemies trying to beat you up to make you think that's not you, that's not for you, or you're the bride. Are you the body of Christ? That sudden release of wealth upon God's people will not only result in the restoration in every area of their life, including financial restoration, but it will remove all shame from their association, our association. And no one will ever be able to be shamed again because we will be joined with Christ eternally. This is all before the return of Christ. Hear me on this. Your destiny is to be the bride of Christ. That's your destiny. Did you hear what I said? What is your destiny? To be the bride of Christ. I'm not talking about material things being your destiny. I'm not talking about, amen, a dream or a business that you had being your destiny. That's just a means to an end. I'm talking about your destiny is to be the bride of Christ. In other words, Jesus is not simply returning for a righteous bride. Hear me on this. But also a rich bride who has been adorned by God to be worthy for the bridegroom. Understand this. Understand how this lays out the landscape of history, the landscape of the prophetic. In ancient society, every bride that was worthy of marriage must come with a dowry. Had to have one. The dowry was the gift the bride brought with her into the marriage. She had to bring something in the marriage. Oh my God, is this good? It's good. Brothers, look at the sisters. Say, what you bringing? What you bringing? Oh, okay, what you bringing with you, girl? Okay, I lost some of y'all on that one. The diary often consisted of land. Her diary. Uh-huh. Not bills, but land. Not debt. <laughs> the diary often consisted of cattle and other items that gave the bride substance. The more elite or important the marriage, the greater the diary of the bride. In essence, what's happening right now in the world is that God the Father is preparing the church with a diary. 
that will make her worthy of his son's marriage. I got a responsibility to get you ready. I got a responsibility to bring you to the classroom of Christ and teach you and prepare you what's about to happen. And if I don't do it and my soul be lost, shame on me. Nobody's fault but mine. If you obey God's word, if you obey his word and take heed to his instruction and begin participating in your destiny, get out of other folks' business, out of their destiny, get in your own. Participate in your destiny. Tell your neighbor, I love you, but I'm not in your destiny. Come on up. This is about me and God. Amen. This is about me and God's business here. You will not go out of this life with a boot and shoe, but you are going to go out with substance. You are going to finish with substance. Everybody say substance, substance. Thank you.